people. Welcome to another amazing episode of Wine Down with Tamika J. Yes, I am so excited because guess what? It's my one year LA anniversary. I did it, y'all. I made it to one year. Let me get my wine glass because I'm actually am drinking some wine. Mm-hmm. Let me just. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hope y'all heard that sip because I am really drinking wine. And if you guys are not drinking wine, it's okay. Just chill, enjoy the podcast because I'm about to give you all the details about my LA experience. Now, I know I'm not going to have enough time because who wants to listen to an hour, two hour podcast? I don't. So I'm going to try my best to just condense the story and give y'all all the juiciness. So I even have my notes. Y'all hear this? I have notes because I don't want to miss anything. So let's get into it. (laughs) So I moved to LA, obviously, um, last year, February 1st, 2018. And um, there's things that obviously that I expected, you know, as far as, you know, I guess proving yourself as quote unquote, as, as an artist in a place that, you know, nobody really knows you and, you know, getting friends and things like that. There's things that I already knew that I was going to deal with, but there's some things that I was just like, what in the hell? I didn't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't really prepared for, <laughs> but, um, but I, I made it. So that's why I am celebrating and I'm doing this podcast, um, and drinking wine because it actually is a celebration. I remember when my mom dropped me off um, to the airport to, to, to go to L.A. And we were in the car. We were just talking about, you know, like things that happened that day. And I just remember the conversation just kind of dwindling down because we were close to the airport and it got real, you know, that I was I was leaving Florida. And um, you can just you can just feel the, um, the emotion in the car rising because, you know, um, I'm the baby of the family. Like mommy's baby girl is, is moving literally across the country. And so I remember just getting out the car, I had a whole bunch of shit. (laughs) And, um, so the guy was like, you have so much stuff. So I had to like, um, take some of my clothes and put in another luggage because it was just so heavy. And while that, all that's happening, I'm like hugging. My mom is saying, okay, I got to go. I got to go because you know, you know, if you're, if you ever been to Miami airport, it's like a hot mess. But, and so I put all my clothes in the luggage and everything. And then I didn't even have a time to really give my mom like this long hug, but I just get member. I just remember like I gave her a hug. She took my hand and then she kissed me. And then she said to me, go for your dreams. Tamika that's my Haitian name Tamika and I just cried and went inside the airport and um got into the plane and literally just was like all right (laughs) I'm doing this and this my my living situation was actually very unique I was living in a living room for the first three months in L.A. That experience was, at first it was cool, but the person that I was living with ended up turning into a bitch. And I don't say the word bitch. Like, if you know me personally, that word is not really um, a word I like. But she was literally, act like, literally had a very bitchy attitude. 
and um, I just wasn't happy. I mean, I remember I was in my second month. I was like, what in the hell am I doing? I was thinking about coming back to Florida because this person was just so toxic, you know, and then on top of that, you know, I was looking for so many jobs and it just seemed like no one wanted to hire me. Some people, when they move to LA or ATL, whatever it is, you don't, sometimes they don't have to find a job because they probably have a great, um, um, project already, you know, working. But for me, I had to find a job so that I could put food on the table, put gas in the car. And, um, man, I was just, I remember that situation with that, with the girl that I was living with. Um, she was just, it's something I always tell people it's something that words doesn't it's not my words are not enough you just had to live with the person she was just she was OCD but very toxic OCD there's nothing comfortable about living with her and I remember she wanted I remember there was a time um yeah she she wanted to get the key um the key from me from the um the apartment and you know me just being a yes person at the time I was like okay but I'm hoping that she was going to give it to me back and she didn't and I remember I came home I don't know if it was from a show or whatever it was I'm tired and so I called her um in the call box because she said okay I forget the key but you can still call me in the call box and I'll open the door for you called the girl she never picked up that night I slept in my car and I remember calling my mom and my sister, and um, they just kept calling me. Um, Well, I called my mom and my sister. I'm trying to get the story right. Called my mom and my sister and just let them know, like, hey, I'm sleeping in my car. Um, The crazy roommate, she doesn't want to open the the door for me. And um, I just remember my sister, she was just like, okay, just park in a, a safe place where there's light. And I remember it was like, to me, it was like the coldest night in LA. And um, I had my um, my headscarf to cover me. And ever since that happened, I was like, hell no. My no's have to be my no's and my yes has to be my yes. I was trying to kind of like please her because I needed somewhere to stay. So I feel like that gratitude of, okay, she's opening up her living room to me made me diminish um, me standing up for myself. So I'm, I remember she even, she the room, the crazy girl, the, the roommate, she was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I, I, I took Benadryl and things like that. And I didn't, I didn't hear my phone. And I'm here like, bitch. I was so pissed off at this girl that, I literally was going to fight her. Like, it was just, I, I had to, I called my mom. I was like, and I never cussed in front of my mom. I was like, fuck that bitch and this and that. I was so pissed at her. I was like, and my mom was like, what if they take you to jail and, you know, no one's going to bail you out? I was like, I don't care. I was like, I don't care. I was so pissed at her. And I knew I had to remove myself from the the, um, the situation. So I did. And, um, I don't see this girl anymore. Thank God. Um, yeah, I don't, don't want to see her. Don't want nothing to do with her. I hope she is living. I I really hope that she's safe and she's, you know, and she's doing her thing, but I hope she does not do that to, um, 
anybody else. Just she just had that toxic energy. It was horrible. Um, man, there's so much stuff that I have to say. Um, when I moved, also dealing with that whole crazy roommate situation, that was not even on my notes to talk about. Ugh. Come on, Tamika, stay with the program. Um, when I moved to LA, I was dealing with homesickness really bad, like real strong homesickness. I mean, like loss of appetite, just crying. Um, when I would call my mom and I, and I would hear my niece in the background, I would just cry. Um, it was really bad. And I also was dealing with guilt. I felt very guilty leaving my parents and my, my, my sister, and my brother, and especially my nieces, because, you know, the older that I get, time is very precious with your parents. And I felt like me moving to LA was such a selfish move, move that I wasn't considering my parents, but I knew I had to do it for me. Like I moved for me, but I felt guilty because I knew I was sacrificing time with my parents. And especially when it came to my nieces, I was really concerned that my nieces would think that I was um, neglecting them. That was hard. Even just saying that makes me a little emotional. I really, really felt that way. Um, But with prayer and um, with talking to them, and I would call them every day, and then I... I, um, visited home around August and, um, it was just like, I never left, you know, I'm actually my, my, the oldest niece thinks I'm famous. Um, the three-year-old niece, she, it's so cute when she says, you're in California, you're in California. It's, It's so adorable. So, um, so pretty much I don't feel guilty anymore. Thank God. Um, dealing with homesickness and it was hard and, being on social media was was hard too. I end up unfollowing so many people because I could if if I saw my friends having a good time in Florida, it did not help me with my homesickness. So um, I just I couldn't look at I just couldn't I just I just was going through a lot, y'all, at the time to the point where I was like I cannot see people on social media, and then I um. I went off I went off of social media for a while because I just had to get my shit together. But um I still get sometimes I still get homesick, of course, because I miss my family, but not as bad. Thank thank God. Um a lot of the, the issues that I was dealing with in, in LA really made me the woman that I am now. And the reason why is because I had to face my issues face to face. I wasn't distracted by my comfort. And I say that because in Florida, obviously, you know, you got your friends, you got your family. And sometimes when you have issues, you know, sometimes you could just call up your homegirl and be like, hey, man, let's go to the bar and just chill. I didn't have that especially in my third, fourth month, you know, I was still getting to know people. So a lot of the issues that, um, I was being faced with, I had to just face it dead on. There's no distraction. There's, there is no comfort, nothing. I had to just face it. A lot of the issues that I dealt with in Florida, um, came back to LA and a lot of things that I thought I healed from as far as um, rejection from a man, um, financial situations, financial depression, everything, I thought I dealt with it in Florida, 
nah, son, it, it, it followed me to L.A. So I had to just face my shit and, 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 and heal from it. I had to. Um, I would call my parents almost every day because I was just going through a lot of financial depression, y'all. I didn't know that was even such a thing, y'all. Like, I didn't know that there was even a name for it until I was applying to so many jobs. I was going on Indeed.com and applying to like 200 plus jobs and not one job hired me. Here I am, college graduate, you know, very smart, you know, and all this stuff and not one job, even to the point where I I um, applied at Dollar Tree and they didn't even hire me, even to the point where I thought about stripping, y'all. I was like, I'm going to strip. I even, I, I even remember calling the strip club and saying, you know, like, when can I come in so I can dance for y'all so y'all can see what I'm working with? They told me it was Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I was going to do it because I needed money. The money that I, that I came with, that I saved, I saved a whole lot of money when I came to L.A. But because of the, the living situation, the first living situation, that situation made me spend more money. Um, because I paid for my third month, but I didn't want to live there anymore. You know, I had to get out. And then the girl did not refund me at all. So my savings account was, was dwindling down. And so I was going to strip and, you know, um, it made me realize that there, I've never judged strippers or anything like that. I'm kind of like, you do what you got to do as long as you're, you're safe. You know what I'm saying? But I never really just, I just, I never really, um, how can I say? That was something that I, I wouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? And I realized there are times in your life financially where you would do things that you're like, I would never even think that I was doing, I would, I would never think to my, I would, let me slow down. I would never in a million years think that I would do that or that that thought would even cross my mind so that I could keep the lights on so I can have a phone so I could put gas in my car. And I'm talking about fast forward to maybe like the sixth month when I was in LA, I went to, to my profile on indeed.com. I applied to 300 plus jobs. Let that sink in. And then I found a job, but they didn't pay me. My paychecks would be like, what, $500, $600. And when I found my second place, I was paying $950. Where was I going to get the, the, uh, the rest of the money? It was hard as hell. Thank God for my family, for helping me financially. Oh my, I almost feel like crying right now. It was hard. I had to swallow my pride and call my cousins. And I remember I was asked out. And I called them and I said, I don't even know how I'm going to put gas in my car. I needed an oil change in my car. And I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. So I I text my cousins. And I said, if y'all could just spare 20, 30, 
$40, please. And they all came together and they gave me money. And I am forever grateful for um, for my cousins for doing that. It, I, I wasn't going to do it. I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to strip. But then something said to me, you could swallow that pride, man, and just ask your family for help. And um, obviously I didn't strip. But one of the main reasons why I didn't do it was because of my nieces, to be honest. Um, I remember I told my sister that I was going to do it. And then um, she said, are you ready for that lifestyle? And that was another reason, another reason why I didn't do it. And I was like, no, I'm not ready for that, for that life. I'm not. I need the money. I know I would make a lot of money because I'm thick. But I was like, I'm not ready for that lifestyle. And... Um, and then I just thought about what I want my nieces to do that. What I want my nieces to pretty much strip. And I said to myself, no. If I don't want them to do it, then I ain't going to do it. So um, I just didn't do it. And like I said, swallowed my pride and... Um, asked my family for for help and yeah um, yeah I think that's so much on on, on my notes y'all and dating life Woo-hoo. I um I met a guy Ooh, I don't even know if he's listening if you're if you're listening to this hey yeah I'm talking about you I'm talking about us mm-hmm yeah we about to get into the good stuff too, okay? Let me write all my check marks on my notes because we about to get to the more fun stuff, okay? Um, I met this guy and I met him when I was visiting LA. Make a very long story short, he took some pictures of me. Um, he's a dope photographer and um, I, there was no like sparks at that time it was kind of like all right thank you you did your job cool you cool i see you when i see you peace and um my second living situation which if there's time i'll talk about that living situation um but anyway i was doing i was doing a project and he was helping me with it and then when he came to to the apartment um there was just this like energy like this ooh hey hey you and um we couldn't stop communicating we communicated every day i mean and then you know when we had like a little crush on each other it was really really cute it was it was it was really good and um make a long story short uh i really thought that we were i'm not going to lie y'all ugh I thought we were really going to be together. And I know that sounds so girly. I I thought he was going to be with me. (laughs) But I really, like, for real, for real, I really did. Like, just the way um, things were. And he was just very different from all the guys that I dated. And it was was refreshing. There are things, I mean, he was not all perfect. But um, I really thought, like, oh, my God, this might be my man. Um, but he wasn't, um, he told me that pretty much, you know, at first he told me he wanted to be with me and then like fast forward, he's tell, he tells me that, you know, I ain't feeling it. I don't want to be with you. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, it did, it, it, it hurt my heart because 
I was not dating for, I think, a year. Um, and I wasn't doing anything with really nobody for, for a while. So it kind of sucked, you know, for that, that moment that I wanted to be with somebody and that I thought it was going to happen. It didn't, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, we don't really talk that much. I think we have a great working relationship, but, um, I wish him the best. I know clearly he's moved on. I've moved on. Um, I still care about him as far as like just making sure that he is just okay, but I would never like what he did. <laughs> I would never like, I don't like when guys do the flip flop thing. Oh, I want you, baby. Oh no, man. You know, I don't, I don't want you. Oh, I want you. No, man. I don't want you. I don't do that whole back and forth shit. It's like, what do you want? You know? And, um, I hope he's, he's good. Um, I think he's, you know, with somebody else. And I really hope that, you know, he doesn't, what he did to me, he doesn't do to her, you know, cause no woman deserves that. And I hope that she is, you know, um, that she is, you know, treating, treating him well as, and, like the way I'm talking, but no, for real, I really hope that, you know, um, they are going great. <laughs> great. Um, I feel like the eye of the tiger. It's great. But anyway, but so that was that. But, um, one of the things that I will say is that I, I, I saw myself happy cause there were, there was actually a, a, a great moment. I was smiling. I was like, Oh my God, like I want love. So now I'm in this, this whole thing with my dating life where I'm just like, I want to d- date with purpose and I want to date healthy. And so, which leads to me, um, um, deciding to be, okay, I'm going to, this is the word I struggle with. So bear with me. I decided to abstain from sex. So I'm abstinence. I know I said that wrong. Okay. I know I did. Um, but yeah, I am not having sex. I don't believe in celibacy, um, because the reason I don't believe in celibacy is because, um, I still believe in a man or a woman touching themselves. I still believe in if you meet somebody and you make out with the person and you might want to touch the person, you know, I, like you're just going to want to touch them. But I'm abstaining from sex, I'm, which means, you know, penetration and oral sex. I, I am, it's about the six months and I just can't see myself being, having, having a man on top of me and I have... How can I put this? I can't see myself giving my body to a man that is not in love with me. And that's not my man. I've done that for years. I did it in college. I did it, you know, um, in my late 20s, in my early 30s, and it never worked out. And you end up having sex with a man that just liked you. That was just like, he thought you were cool. He laughed at some of your jokes. But he doesn't even know you. He was more interested in tasting my flowers than giving me flowers because he didn't even know that I love flowers that flowers are like my favorite thing you know and I just couldn't I just couldn't see myself doing that again and I after after the first guy that I dated here in LA I um I was intrigued by a second guy really sweet guy but I had the chance I knew that 
I could tell him, hey, let's have sex, and he would, he would do it. I, I knew that about him because every time he, every time he saw me, he just, he just can't, he, his hands were all over me, but I, it just, I, 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 I just wasn't there, and I knew that I didn't want to have sex with him, not because he's an ugly guy, because he, is he deserving of it, you know, like, just because we're horny and just because, you know, we're in our 30s, woo, you know, that doesn't mean that I need to have sex with you, you know what I'm saying, now, granted, if you are grown and you have consensual sex and you just want to do what you got to do, I understand it, I've been there before, but right now in the season of my life right now, I'm not having sex with anybody that is not my man, I'm not having sex with anybody who who just wants to kick it with me, and the last guy that I dated, um, that I just mentioned, I told him, we're not having sex, um, not oral, we're not even having oral, oral sex, and he was cool with it, but I could tell that he had a timeline in his head, you know, and I felt like, and I also felt to the reason why I ended with him was because the conversations weren't engaging enough. I didn't feel like he wanted to get to know me. I felt like all the conversations were just very surface level. And I also felt that he was just so quick to call me baby and give me all these pet names and talk about, um, future shit when I was just like homie like I don't even think you know my favorite color so yeah I had to um cut him off on and I did tell him these things and but I don't talk to him anymore because he does I don't think he takes rejection well I don't think he understands what I was saying and to the point where like he was just just like just why to make it this and that but how this it was just a little bit team too much you know and I, I would and I would explain it to him I get I would explain it to him because he was a nice guy you know but he just didn't get it that dating takes more than just filling on somebody dating takes more than just I'm gonna call you baby and no you gotta deserve that title I'm at this point where I was like you better you gotta deserve everything to call me baby to touch my body everything so um after that situation with the 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 first guy that I um that I thought I was gonna be with because we moved fast I mean we were physical fast everything but after everything happened I was just like I'm I, I can't do it anymore like I really can't do it anymore um yeah um, the decision to abstain from sex wasn't like this, like, I'm going to do it. I think the decision came to me and I was like, okay, cool, let's do it. I was like, cause I'm not having sex anyway. And I feel, I feel stress-free. I don't feel like I'm distracted, you know? Um, yeah. And that I'm really trying to just give y'all all the juice about uh, um, about my experience in LA because so much has happened. Um, second living situation was dope, and then it ended um, crappy. The landlord ended up being kind of cuckoo, <laughs> and so I moved out. 
I was lit. I remember when I moved out, I was like, okay, where am I going to live? I was prepared to live, to live in my car. I really was. But then a beautiful situation happened and I am sitting in my own place. Ain't God good. And I will never forget when I gave my landlord, my 30 day, my, well, my crazy landlord, my 30 day notice, I had nowhere to stay y'all. I was going to live in my car. I was going to join the gym again so I could take a shower in the gym. And then my homegirl called me. She's a real estate agent. And she said, she she was just like calling me up. She was like, hey, I see you on Instagram. Just want to see how you're doing. And I was like, I'm good. I just ain't got nowhere to stay. And I was like, but do you still do real estate? She's like, yes. Make a long story short, we um, talked about where I want to live. And I end up um well we end up looking at places every weekend and we found a place I am currently in my house and it's just been a blessing oh I almost got hit by the Holy Spirit yes it's just been a blessing I love my house one of my favorite things to do it's it's gonna sound so boring is so I I bought an aloe plant and I love to just go outside water my plant throw the trash out because it's my place I love to cook in my house and listen to some music and it's just it's just beautiful um I what some of the things I love about LA I love driving and I see the mountains at first it scared me I was like what in the hell coming from Florida and seeing all these damn mountains I was like wait hold up um but I love the um the mountains I what I don't like about it is the random coyotes that you know you'll see Mm -mm. Um, as far as like some of the white people here, I do get looked at more. I guess they, I don't know. They, I, maybe I look very, um, eccentric or something like that. But yeah, um, I'll never forget this lady at Trader Joe's. She just was just like staring at me. Like she literally stood in the lane looking at me and I gave her this look like what, you know? So, um, I randomly, I, I, I get those, those stares um but um some of my wins in LA my house meeting some of my favorite artists I got to meet one of my favorite independent artists I got to meet Daniel Caesar um I've had shows almost every month I got a manager I found musicians that um are more than willing to work with me um I got into photography and um got did some dope photo shoots Release new music, same man and PSA. I'm a better woman. I got closer to my parents. And going back to a better woman, I'm just a better woman in general. Even I had a lot of losses um, when I moved here, but I I have no regrets. I really have no regrets. Where am I now with my life? I'm learning to lean on God much more. I'm writing so much new material. I'm working out um, a lot. I'm writing my goals, putting down deadlines. LA has been a blessing. And um, yeah, and I, it just it just keeps going and it just keeps getting better and better. There are times I have my ups and I have my downs. To encourage anybody who wants to move, because that was another famous question I would get on my DMs. Any advice you would give me I would say move it's gonna be hard as hell it is but it's so worth it I had to move out of my comfort to grow I had to go to grow I needed to go to a new I needed new soil so I can plant better 
And um, the famous question before I, I, I end this long ass podcast, why did I move to LA? I moved to LA because I was living in Florida for 33 years. I had no idea how, how it was to live in a different state. California was always um, a rate. It was always in my radar. It was always um, a place where that intrigued me. Um, just seeing it on TV and just seeing a bunch of um, great actress, actors, artists um, live there was something that I just was just curious about. So um, I was visiting LA a lot and I always would find myself wanting to change my flight so I can stay in LA longer. I knew I wanted to move to LA when I came back to Miami, flew back to Miami, and I was crying because I didn't want to go back home. That's when I knew I had to move and had to talk and I had to talk with my parents and I said, um, I'm 33 years old and I don't know how it is to live in a different state. I want to give myself a chance to see what else is there for me. So when people say you moved for music, that was part of the reason, but that was not the entire reason. Um, speaking of music, I also moved because I felt like in Miami, I wasn't getting the support that, um, that I deserved. I was always the amazing dope artist, but, um, if you think I'm that dope and that amazing, how come I don't see you in shows? How come I don't see you buying my merchandise? How come, um, when I announce shows, there's nobody in, in there, you know, and I started my obviously my um, artistry in Florida. I remember there was one situation where I went somewhere and the artists, and I love supporting artists. I want to support this artist. Everybody in the crowd knew the words to his song. I mean, word by word, line by line. And a lot of these artists, I mean, a lot of the audience members knew that I did music. And I was just like looking around the venue and I was looking around at the people and I was like, I wonder if they even know that I have original music out. I wonder if they even know that I have shows coming up. Like, like, are they, are they just invested in their people? You know, like if you don't like my shit, you don't like it. But if you come in up to me saying, oh my God, Tamika, you dope. How I just was wondering why I, why I didn't get some of that love. Not to say that I never got love in Florida. I have some real hard Tamika J hitters. I love y'all. I see y'all. I, I, and I'm not talking to you guys, obviously. I'm talking to the people that say they support you, but they don't, they don't show it. And the music scene in Miami is very... Uh, I'm still praying for that. It's, it's, it's very... Um, yeah, it's 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 just, it's weird, um, but at the same time, some of the best vocalists and some of the best musicians live in South Florida, and I hate to say this about LA, and I love the musicians that I work with here in LA, but my standards are extremely high because of the work I did in Miami. I have to say, like I know what excellence sounds like. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, but I'm still praying for my city. There's so much work that I still want to do in Miami. I'm not giving up. Even though I'm here in the west side in L.A., I'm st- I still have so many things that I want to do in Miami. But um, but I feel like L.A. needs me right now. And I feel like I need L.A. too because I'm just growing so much. 
And whatever happens, if I come back, if I'm in Miami next year or whatever, I'm going to take all the lessons that I got from L.A. and I'm going to utilize them. If I'm in Miami, if I'm in ATL, if I'm in freaking Europe, whatever it is, you know. Um, But those are the reasons why I moved. I just wanted a new life and I wanted to go somewhere that that was going to have me grow as an artist. And I wanted to see how the support looked in L.A. And I must say the love has been real. Um, one of my favorite things that happened in LA, which I always would dream about happening in, in Miami was I had a show in LA and I didn't even really promote it that much, but people came, I had people singing along to my song, Say Man, people singing along to PSA. I had, I remember I had another show. I had people strangers that I've never met saying I know who you are you're Tamika J we're such huge fans wanting to take pictures up with me and they stayed throughout the whole show the whole entire show I was singing from 8 to 11 they stayed from 8 to 11 and they said we're such fans and not that I'm saying I never got that in Florida like womp womp bring out the violin but just to have people sing along to your songs and then one of the things that happened at that show he said can you sing your song queendom that's never happened to me in florida and i and i don't want to sound like bring up you know like womp 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 tamika but i'm just i'm just keeping it real i'm being very transparent in this podcast that's why it's so damn long um but yeah that was one of my favorite things that happened in la just having people scream out your original music because they were invested and listening to your art. And I remember my brother-in-law said something. He said, sometimes you have to get out your comfort zone to find people, um, to find more support. And that's exactly what I did. I had to get out of Florida so that I can find more of my support. And I, I'm, I'm getting it. I still love you, Florida. And I, I still, I see all the people that still support me. But... Your girl had to go to grow. I love you guys. This freaking podcast. I didn't think it was going to be this long. But um, if you listen to everything in its entirety, you deserve a bottle of wine. You deserve a cookie. You deserve $500 because, damn, I just spoke a lot. I don't even think I went through all my notes. Lord, let me look. Oh, yeah, I'd even say that one. Okay about my financial depression oh lord i even say that but you know what hey it's okay because this is too much all right um i love you guys um i am healing from financial the financial depression i am okay i love la i miss miami i still love miami no matter what and just keep keep watching me on this journey all right for more information, as you know, you can find me on Instagram at Tamika J Music, T-A-M-I-K-A, J-M-U-S-I-C, Tamika J Music, and you can find me on my website, www.tamikajmusic.com. I love you guys. Thank you guys for listening to this long-ass podcast, and peace and love as always.